0: Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albasti
1: cruel Dubai. Right, we will start with, with drones. That's not a commentary on anything that happens on this programme. <laughs> it is the use of drones to relay fast pictures to uh, in-running punters and this is clearly... Uh, exercising the minds of racecourse owners who are trying to protect their picture rights and say that it's it's piracy. But what can they do if they couldn't stop a drone at Gatwick Airport for three (laughs) days? How
0: are they going to stop these? Yeah, (laughs) now the the effects so far on racing haven't been quite as bad as as Gatwick Mm. um, suffered. But it is a a serious issue in the sense that it seems as though racecourses and the BHA have got very little control over this. If, as you have a situation yesterday at Haydock where... The drone is, if you like, being managed from a site outside the racecourse mm-hmm. and is simply flying over the racecourse. It doesn't appear, unless they can show there is a real safety risk um, to humans and horses, that the racecourses can do much about it. Um, they, the, 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 the whole issue, as you, as you say, stems from betting in running. Um, people watching racing TV... Um, at the minute are seeing the three of us one and a half seconds behind reality. Now, we still look much the same. Nothing, (laughs) nothing, really. But on Sky Sports Racing, they're 10 seconds behind. So if you are betting and running, there's a real advantage to getting... Those live pictures, which is why you see racecourse hospitality boxes taken by mm-hmm. in-running punters who want to get that live edge.
1: But yes, which is very interesting, isn't it? That the racecourses are getting very cross about drone operators relaying fast pictures, mm. but they're quite happy to sell their hospitality boxes <laughs> for people to get an advantage on the track. There's a uh, there's a bit of a, um, a ethical, um, well, hypocrisy here, isn't there?
2: Absolutely. I mean, from from a trainer's point of view and, and an owner's point of view, you know. Or how it bothers us is you you wouldn't want the drone flying above the horse's head. You know, some of the drones, as people know, can be quite noisy. Mm. And Um, they can uh, drop
1: out of the sky as well. Yeah, of
2: course, and don't get me wrong, on a race day, obviously, there's lots of distractions, but... uh, I don't think we need any any added ones such as drones, and I think um, you know we need to nip it in the bud and get it sorted out.
1: Okay, that's uh, one that probably won't run and run, but it's certainly um, exercising the minds of those who need to protect their picture rights, and quite rightly so. Uh, Kempton feed this isn't a picture feed. This is um, this is fi- old uh, horse mm-hmm. food that was uh, found on the on the stable floor, and, and trainer John Scargill, Newmarket trainer John Scargill, has um, complained about this quite rightly, and as Said, you know, this this isn't on. You know, you mm. you can't be taking uh, horses to to the races and having old, potentially contaminated feed or, or on the on the on the floor.
2: Yeah, no, rightly so. And and if I was John, I'd be as furious as he is. Um, and you know, I go racing regularly, take horses racing regularly, so I'm in, in stable yards a lot. Um, and nine times out of ten, you know, the the boxes are, are, are beautiful and, and and you can't complain. But. The, where it work com, comes down to is the fact that we've got to be sure um, if our horse goes into a dope test post race or pre race, mm. um, that we're the ones responsible and, and um, need to be sure that what, what's gone into that horse's system has, has come from, from, from us. And the fact that you know the horse is eating you know not only food but food that's been laid there a week because the box wasn't used for a week is is really quite concerning. But you know I, I go to Kempton regularly and. and Thankfully, um, I've, I've never experienced it, but, you know, it's certainly maybe we need we need more spot checks um, from the race course uh, day officers and, and things like that because, like, you know, t- trainers can't be, can't, can't be unsure what's, what's gone into the horse. They need to be 100% sure because at the end of the day, it's us that it lies with when, if, if, if God forbid, a horse ever fails a dope test. The
1: BHA police the stables. Police the racecourse stables. Is it their responsibility, or is it the? Well, again,
0: I think this is this is an interesting point, isn't it? John Scargill, understandably, was 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 very angry, and he was hitting out at the BHA. I I sort of feel a bit sorry for the BHA. Ultimately, surely this is Kempton's responsibility. They're Kempton's boxes. Um, If there's a fault on the day, and it seems like it's a very rare fault, we've never heard about this sort of thing before. Hopefully, it's a one-off. But I'd say the blame has to lie at Kempton's door, not the BHA.
1: Well, if anyone ever hits out in racing, they hit out of the BHA. <laughs> they it's just do. the default mode, isn't it?
0: Well, I'm surprised the BHA hasn't been blamed for Brexit yet. We'll <laughs> come on to quite soon.
1: Well, we will. We will come on to Brexit, soon. I'm afraid Brexit makes another appearance, but for a slightly different reason uh, from last week. There have been reports of outbreaks of equine flu in Ireland and trainers are being warned to be particularly vigilant. I guess, Amy, there's gradations of this. If you get a full dose of equine fluids, a bit like a human, it's very different from a sniffly nose, a snotty mm. nose that might prevent you running badly. You, you have to be extra extra guarded at the moment.
2: Absolutely, especially you know, when your horse is from, um, from France and, in, and Ireland, where, where, where these cases have been confirmed. But, I mean, a lot of trainers probably have a quarantine period um, anyway, for example, uh, a new horse coming into us will spend two weeks um, away away from the rest of the horses before it's introduced, because then you can just monitor, you know, coughs, um, any snotty noses, and and temperature just yeah. before you mix mix them in with the with the rest of the horses that are you know already based at the yard. It's just, but obviously, head lads, trainers, and and everybody around the yard is just going to have to be that bit more vigilant um, with this lurking in the air and and and. Please goodness that it doesn't come into this country
1: and is it the case that the younger the horse the more susceptible they are to to infection
2: yeah so all all racehorses are vaccinated against equine uh, influenza and, and particularly in our sport you know because uh, passports are checked pre-race you know and, and and once a year every horse has its passport checked so um, in, in in the racing industry every horse is fully up to date with its vaccinations otherwise it can't be present on a race course so um, you know we're, we're very lucky in that sense but you know ponies and, and um, things like that might not be fully up to date and that's probably where you've just got to be that careful where your new horses are coming from
1: but we heard from Nicky Henderson earlier on the angel's breath one of a number yeah. of horses in here's yard he just said it just a bit below par a few snotty noses he Just that every yard in the country is afflicted by this particularly this time of year
0: yeah I mean everyone is, is must must be on high alert at the minute because we ju- we just need some cold weather we just yeah. need four or five days of solid of solid frost which might not be great when you're trying to de-ice the car at 7.30 in the morning, but it's, it's what everybody in racing needs.
1: Careful what you wish for But <laughs> when, when we're knee-deep in snow next week. Oh, dear, here it is again. Uh, Brexit. Why this week, Lee Brian Kavanaugh, the horse racing Ireland supremo, yeah. is starting to make extremely worried noises, more so than we've seen so far as the March the twenty ninth approaches. Yeah, and I understand that may or so. may not bring.
0: Yeah, I mean, give, given the um, the Commons vote this week, it seems like you know a fortnight's passed since since the um, the big vote, but it's still relatively recent, um, and it it did make it seem ever more likely that a No Deal Brexit might happen and if a no deal brexit does happen then we are in completely uncharted territory and we're in a um a situation whereby everything has to start again across every area of society there are if you like no no set rules for how this country interacts with the rest of europe and that includes with the movement of horses and brian's concern is that this industry relies on the free movement of horses between the United Kingdom, between Britain mm. and and uh, Ireland and Europe. Um, and if uh, we're in a situation whereby um, horses having to be uh, held up for ages to be checked, because, if, for example, in Ireland, they just said there aren't enough border inspection points to check these horses coming in. Um, and it is a, a major concern.
1: It will have an impact on the bloodstock industry significantly, I would think, as well, Amy, with the transport of Thousands of foals and yearlings between the two countries.
2: Definitely, and as well, you know, the racing side. You know, how many trainers have gone to France this year? Um, you know, and, and is the paperwork, you know, paperwork going to be through in time after you've declared? You know, you can't have horses sitting around at ports and, and and whatever. Wait, you know, while, while while we're clearing. So it's just it's it is a real worry for both the bloodstock side and the racing side.
1: And the hard border in in Ireland, mm. I mean, that is a disaster for Down mm. Royal. Oh, essentially, isn't yeah. it, which is already besieged.
0: Absolutely, and, and we, 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 you know, we don't know what our what government will do, we, we don't know what the EU will set in place in terms of how long it will take for horses to get across, what, 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 what requirements they'll, they'll, they'll place. It, we, we are just in a complete void, we don't know what's going to happen.
1: It's very difficult to see, whatever side of this debate you're on, it's very difficult <laughs> to see many upsides to, to the horse racing industry. Uh, uh, Brexit. Uh, Go North, uh, this is an initiative that is being supported by your newspaper, God The Racing Post. Yeah. And, yeah, and and this is a, a. You can't turn your nose up at this either. It's the creation of a post Cheltenham Northern Jumping yeah. Festival, taking in Kelso, Carlisle, yeah. Musselburgh. Yeah, absolutely. Like it?
0: Yeah, I think it's a really good thing. Um, and again, this is an example where the BHA often gets an awful lot of flack. Um, but I know from, from sitting on a group, the racing group, that, that looks at various issues, there's been a real attempt to try and re-energise northern jumps racing. We all know that northern flat racing does incredibly well. But for whatever reason, northern jumping hasn't been keeping pace. And I made that point earlier on mm-hmm. about the Haydock of we we have all these great Dickinson, mm-hmm. Stevenson, Easterby, chasing and Hurlis, taking part in big races. That doesn't happen anymore. There's been no northern Cheltenham Festival winner since 2014. When you look at the annual Anglo-Irish classifications, the percentage of northern horses towards the top of the sport is very small. We've, well, The sport has tried to change things by uh, providing incentives to, to run horses in the north, keep horses in the north with the Northern Lights series. This is a further extension of that. And it comes at a time when there are signs that things are getting better. You know, We've had a fair number of northern winners of graded races uh, this season. This will provide three days of racing when there'll be a real focus on the north in what is sometimes, in jumps racing at least, a quiet period between Cheltenham and Aintree. And I'm sure, I know the racing post is delighted to sponsor it.
1: But of course, one of the barometers of success for the people who run Kelso, Musselburgh and Carlisle will be big southern-based trainers <laughs> taking star horses up there, or horses who are just sort of on the cusp of, of, Ch- of Cheltenham horses.
2: Yeah, and it's um, you know it's it's exciting for Northern Racing, and and uh, hopefully fingers crossed it'll take off. But um, you know, and, and it gives plenty of options track wise. You know, you, a, a horse might not suit Cheltenham, whereas now they've got something to aim at on maybe a more flatter track that's not ancient, You know, they've they've got more options um, for for those types of horses.
1: Let's talk handicapping twice. We'll talk about the Clarence House first of all, and whether it should be. Um, move back to a to a handicap. This has been debated quite a lot. I'm sort of reheating a fairly a fairly old pie here, Lee, but I think it's worth another airing. Yeah, would it would it make life better if, as Kevin Blake and others have suggested, we ran most of these races outside the the very top grade ones as as handicaps?
0: But what I'm suggesting in, in the in the column tomorrow, and not for the first time, is that I think w- with the two mile division in particular, you have a, a real casing point of an area where we've just gone too far one way. If you went back to the, the 1980s, which often people think of as a heyday of jumping the Desert Orchid, Borough yeah. Hill, Laddie area, um, in the two-mile division, all the major races prior to the Cheltenham Festival yeah. were handicaps. The Tingle Creek was a, a limited handicap. What is now the Desert Orchid Chase, but was then the Castleford Chase, was a handicap before coming uh, a grade one, and Pearly Man carried 12 stone, seven to in that, Bathurst Boy carried 12 stone. The Victor Chandler was a handicap, famously first one by Desert Orchid, and the game Spirit mm. was a handicap. They're now all level weights, or in the case of the new race Grade 2 uh, weight for age contest, and they, they therefore inevitably um, attract s- a f- smaller fields, and we're also, we've got a smaller pool of horses to go for them. If you look at most Arkells, uh, until relatively recent, you'd have 13, 14, 15, 16 runners. Now 6, 7 or 8, partly because you've got a JLT, but that tends to attract more 2.5 miles, 3 miles anyway. I don't think we need to have revolution, but I do think you can make a good argument to say that the Clarence Hours in particular would be better run as a limited handicap, 150 grand race. For those people that didn't want to run a, an altar in there, you've got the Desert Orchid beforehand, you've got a great one at Leopardstown in two weeks, another example of just too many of these races, and to say that the good horses can't run in these races, well, the Victor Chandler, in particular, two years before it became a Grade One level weights race, well, chief won it, carrying uh, top weight and running off 176. So you, get good, there's no reason why a good horse can't or shouldn't. Top wet in a handicap. It's good for racing.
1: Do you think I'll be able to read your column tomorrow in two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: really? no, you, you want to read it again and again and again. Nick. Of
1: course, of course. Uh, I am going to let Amy give her view thoroughly on the handicapping panel, the BHA's handicapping panel, an independent panel made up of people who work in the sport, various journalists and others, uh, to um basically resolve disputes amy it's yeah. a, it's, a, it's the last resort so you can go and have a word with a the handicapper then your second resort is to go to their superior and if that doesn't work you can go to this panel and this week it worked because sandy thompson appealed too and he got them both taken down by a couple of pounds
2: definitely i think a trainer's always going to be biased because you you always think you've been hard done to um whatever your horse has gone mm. up uh, even if it's realistic you know for example mercy and prince last week at kempton um he jumped, he travelled, he you had know, the time of his life out in front. He's got a hike of you know £10. He's off a career-high mark. Um, do I think it's unfair? Yeah, I probably... So what
1: have you done? Have you had a well with the
2: handicap? Just, so far, yeah, just re- regarding, you know, is there anything we can do? But listen, realistically, he won very impressively. Um, mm. However, me trying to place him for the rest of the season, um, you know, you think m- m- maybe it was a little bit harsh-looking...
1: But what about this process? Do you agree with an appeals board?
2: I think it, it can only be good. You know, more opinions, and and a, and a trainer's got a you know a, a second option um, because before, obviously, it was either yes or no, we agree with you. Whereas now we, we've got more options out there, um, so I think it, it can probably only help. Yeah.
1: Does it not undermine the handicappers?
2: You can see it from that from that side, of course. You I mean, can. They from, are the paid yeah, professionals absolutely. being
1: told that they've made a, a one or two pound cock up by. Uh, un- non-professionals.
2: Absolutely and it, you know exactly what's happened with Sandy's horses you know it we're talking two pound we're yeah. not talking ten we're not talking seven you know so f- from the from the handicappers point of view absolutely you can see that uh, what, why they, they would you know not not necessarily be happy about it and um, I think you know it's it's probably one of those it's a trial and everything and, and, and see how it goes on over the coming weeks. So what we well, need
0: is at the alter- end of the process put forward two different ratings and have a people's vote. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would that would work. <laughs> uh,
1: and on on that note, those were this week's talking points.
0: Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Al Basti Dubai.